Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, Satellite Sisters. We're excited to announce our new weekly newsletter, Pep Talk. That's right. It's happening. A little pep talk in your inbox on Fridays. Every issue will be short and sweet with podcast highlights, our recommendations for books, TVs, and films that are going to keep you entertained, plus recipes and other, you know, tidbits. And of course, there'll be a little pep talk because we all need that right now, don't we? It's the perfect newsletter to enjoy and then share with your satellite sisters and misters. You can find sign-up links all over the place, on our social media, on our website, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. We would love to have you sign up for Pep Talk now. Thanks. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're happy to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and a producer, and I'm here with my sister, Julie. Hey, Julie. Hey, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister, and I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, uh, I guess I'm a I'm a podcaster, sometimes writer, Leanne. I'm not in the same category as you as a writer, but I have yeah. contributed to books, and I'm happy to be here with you today. You may notice no Liz Dolan two weeks in a row. So yes. we are going to explain what's going on with Liz very shortly, so stay tuned. But first, we do want to acknowledge what a tough week it has been for the country, going through the stress of everything in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol building. Uh, we want to acknowledge all of the Satellite Sisters listeners that live and work in the Washington, D.C. area, that you may have been involved in this, some may even work at the Capitol. We are thinking of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, But last week, for the last week, it was really a week, Julie, for us that the personal kind of overshadowed the political and the professional, yes. and that leads to the Liz update. She's okay, everybody. I just yes. want you to know she's okay. Um, but she did undergo surgery on Friday. Here's what I can tell you about her medical details, and she will fill you in at some point, I'm sure, down the line. Um, but over New Year's weekend on the December 30th, Liz injured her leg and her knee. Right. It turned out that the injuries were severe enough to warrant surgery. So mm-hmm. last Friday, she went into surgery. And, um, and she is now resting at home. I would like to say she's resting comfortably at home, but I, (laughs) I think she's resting uncomfortably at home. Um, and I think she would agree with that. I'll let her tell you like what the surgery was like and what it was for and the details of all that. Um, but she wants everyone to know that she's okay. She is in for a long recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's positive about her long-term prognosis. Yes. Um, so I was there. Right. We have a team. Uh, it's been a team effort, Leanne. I would say you have, you've been acting as the head nurse. Uh, that, is that correct? Uh, <laughs> that is fair to say, Julie. Yes. And yes. Um, I am not qualified, but it's fair to say. 
Yes, but no, you're very good at caregiving, and uh, you live close by, and uh, and you jumped in and have been providing excellent uh, sister care uh, to our sister Liz. Uh, now uh, your shift is over, and uh, we Monica Dolan is uh, with Liz Dolan uh, right now, providing um, sister care slash medical care because she's actually a nurse, right? Right. Liz? So right. Monica flew down last night. So uh, there was a shift change yesterday. But yeah, I can tell you, having spent the bulk of the last 10 days with Liz, um, that she would welcome your good vibes. She would love to yes. hear from you digitally, I think is the easiest way. So if you want to uh, send some positive thoughts to her, the, the Satellite Sisters Facebook page is the best way to do it. She's asked a couple of things. Please don't send food, okay? <laughs> I know you're all very loving and generous and your instincts. And, and, and good bakers. We, yes. we have excellent bakers, right? Yes. And so your instinct may be to send something to our PO box. It's like it, it, the logistics of retrieving food from a post office box just are very stressful. So please don't send food, but please send digital good vibes. And also she requests no unsolicited medical advice. So I... <laughs> She has rejected all of our medical, unsolicited medical advice, right, Leanne? So. Yeah, I, I can say just in general, Liz is not a person that welcomes unsolicited advice in any level. Right. Uh, so, but right. um, I think right now, if you just want to send some good vibes to Liz on Facebook, that would be much appreciated. When she's feeling up to it and when she's feeling ready, she will be back on the podcast. Um, so, but we, she's taking it uh, slowly, you know, there was recovery, there's rest, and then there's rehab all down the line for her. And she'll fill you in on all those things. I, I would also like to say just on a professional level, you know, we're a small crew here at Satellite Sisters, mm -hmm. three sisters and Sergio Tuesday mornings from nine to 11. Uh, so there are going to be times over the next couple of weeks when we're not able to do all the things we normally do in a week. Um, I, for instance, I hadn't planned on turning out a pep talk last week. I was taking the week off myself just to do some additional fiction writing. Um, but the, the newsletter, it may be a little spotty over the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you're looking for us on Facebook or if you DM'd us at, you know, Instagram or Twitter or something mm -hmm. and we haven't responded, that's why. We're playing a man down and, uh, and, and we're just, we're it. We're the entire crew. <laughs> so, uh, so we're just focused on getting the podcast out every Tuesday and doing that. Um, and that will be our main focus for the next couple of weeks. But we're just uh, wanted to let you know and thank you for your patience. If you're looking to get in touch with us for some reason. Um, well, you may get a delay in a response is what mm -hmm. I would say, mm -hmm. yeah. but you know, she's good and she's she'll good. be back and, mm -hmm. uh, and when she's ready and we're going to hear all about it, I'm sure. But, yes. uh, but for right now, that's, uh, that's, that's what you need to know about Liz. Okay. That's, and that's that. Now, Leon, while you were acting um, as head nurse there for uh, Liz's care, I was pressed back into action with virtual school. Virtual school was back in session last week. Um, I, I have to give it to my grand, I, you know, I have grandchildren here in Dallas. Uh, they're in my pod. And I think their school has done a really good job of trying to keep the school open as much as it can, but adjust uh, to opening and closing uh, the school when they have cases that go up. And so for whatever reason, they decided right after the holidays, 
that they would start off with virtual school, which means that I was back in action, Liam. Um, so I had seven-year-old Peter, he's in first grade. And I would say that what's the big difference between uh, virtual school now and in March, in March, you know, it was a catastrophe. Nobody knew what they were doing. Everybody was, you know, all over the place. Um, now I think so many schools, so many educators are getting really good with the software. There's some great software out there. Um, Peter uses one called the Seesaw app, which is actually great, where the children can upload their work, the teacher can look at it and respond in real time. So, and it's a cute name too, isn't it? Seesaw yeah. app. I like that. Yes. Okay. So I just stuck on the idea that like first graders are uploading their work. I'm sorry. Yes. That just, that threw me right there. I just, yes. that's. Yes. They yeah. take pictures with their iPads of the work and then they upload it on the Seesaw app to their teacher, so they see that. Now here's the thing that you need to know about Peter. Um, he may not be the top student in the class, but teachers love him. And you know why they love him? Is because he follows directions. Oh yeah. He's, he's like, if the teacher says, sit in your desk, sit at your desk and fold your hands, that's exactly what Peter is doing. So he had an assignment. Uh, so he loves to follow uh, directions. He had an assignment where he had to take a picture and then you press the green button that uploads it on Seesaw to the teacher, okay? I didn't realize that you were supposed to upload all the pictures at the same time. And I inadvertently pressed the green button, the upload button, when he had only, um, only had loaded up one picture. Oh, poor Peter, because that was not correct, Liam. That was oh, incorrect, okay? Yeah. He was absolutely devastated. And he just sort of sat there in the chair and he kind of collected himself. And then in a very small voice, he said, Nana, Nana, he could barely breathe because I had, I had screwed up the virtual learning. He's like, Nana, could you call mama and have mama email the teacher and oh tell gosh. the teacher that my grandmother pressed the button before it was supposed to go up? I mean, he was, he was devastated and there was nothing I could do to fix it. Like I, yeah. I said, can't we Well, you screwed up. You screwed up, Nana. <laughs> I know. Nana screwed up. <laughs> Nana screwed up. And, you know, he just, I mean, some kids, it wouldn't have mattered, but to Peter, it really mattered. But yeah. here, it was devastating to him. But here's the thing, because of Seesaw and because it's an interactive thing, his teacher saw that he had turned in incomplete work and she sent a message back to him. And oh, hallelujah, Leon, that's all I can say. We were so relieved because we had a second chance to upload the material and from then on that week he was like nana don't touch that button don't touch that button over there nana you know he was it was on so uh it was a close imagine call. how that scene is playing itself out millions of times across the country <laughs> you know nanas and grandpas everywhere touching the button before they're supposed to touch the button it just Oh my I gosh. Know. I Poor know. little guy. I know. Poor it was quite it was a very traumatic day at virtual school, thanks to Nana. But uh, I've learned my lesson, Leon. That's all I can say. Keep your hands off the buttons, Nana. <laughs> yeah. All right. We we have more happening on the show today. We may, did manage to put together some material. Uh actually a new story that's been building this entire pandemic is just how tough the uh 
this pandemic has been for women who work, working moms, what they're going through in terms of job loss, what they're going through in terms of mental health crisis. Julie, you have some information on that. New job numbers came out last week. I've been you know, following this story mm-hmm. and have some information from the RAND organization and Catalyst that's been doing studies. So we're going to talk about women working, particularly moms. We're with you. We feel you. Um, over the Christmas holiday, an astonishing new discovery <laughs> from Pompeii was revealed. I know, which you love Pompeii, Lynn. I, 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 favorite spot for you. It's, it's a fantastic site and they are constantly excavating it. And this one just, you know, said Satellite Sisters because it was an ancient snack bar. And um, <laughs> I know, I, I, I've seen the headlines. I can't wait for, <laughs> for all the details. That just seems amazing and impossible to me. All at the right. Same time. Well, I think it's people have always loved snacks, Julie. They've loved snacks They're, for thousands of years. <laughs> snacks are delicious. Um, also, I read a fascinating piece in the LA Times food section this weekend about from the, their editor, Sam Sims, about um, the new rules for writing food recipes, for writing recipes, basically, mm-hmm. because so many new cooks have been cooking during the pandemic. It's it's opened the eyes of recipe developers and recipe writers. Like people don't understand what we're talking about. So right, when you uh, say fold in the cheese, like which is <laughs> such a wonderful scene from the Shit's Creek show, yes. people don't know what that means. To have they to don't fold in the cheese. Okay, I get it. Literally, the first paragraph of this article was fold in the cheese, Julie. It was that reference. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Okay. It's become an iconic, an iconic reference now. Uh, so we're going to do that. Julie, you have relationship tips, which we, we only do when Liz isn't around because we just, Liz, is, Liz likes to talk about things and real yes. things. But yes. you and I enjoyed talking about relationship tips, so I can't wait. Yes. Um, Julie, you're... Um, Remind me your motto again. It was why not what now? A, or? No, no. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting? <laughs> okay. What's, what's the why point? Why not was now your... is, is, is pretty good too, Leanne. What <laughs> are we doing here? Grabs. Is that yeah. it? What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's happening? Um, well, in the uh, what are you waiting for category, you tried something this week. So save it. Save it mm-hmm, for people. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's gonna, it's, I have, I, I just... It's a whole new world, Leanne. I'm, I, I might get involved in it. I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then we have some entertaining sisters' recommendations. But thanks for being with us today. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to thank some sponsors. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leanne, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing. 
based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. Okay, we're back. What's, we're back. Your, what's going on? You're, you're bringing the news story this week about uh, women in the workplace uh, during the Leanne, pandemic. I saw an astonishing article and headlines. I had to check it uh, both at Fortune Magazine and at CNN, but it was that women accounted for all of the U.S. job losses in December, that there were over 150,000 job losses in December, and all of those positions were held by women. That, that's one of those weird statistics, but I know it's sort of provable. Uh, I know it sounds weird, like how could every job loss be a woman? But that, that's what statistics are for. This right? what, this what, that's well, what math is We have for. satellite sister statisticians. Uh, I, it, it, to me, it seems mathematically impossible right. that that would be, be, be true. But this is the analysis from the National Women's Law Center. They provided that. And it, but it dramatically underscores the pandemic's sort of unrelenting and disastrous impact on working women. Um, you can imagine that it was true because areas such as retail, restaurants, other um, essential service sector industries, those are the ones that are laying, uh, laying people off, you know, leisure, hospitality. Mm. And so it, you know, it is possible, you know, it is certain that the pandemic um, has had a, a, an extremely negative impact on working women and, and in particular working women of color. For both black and Latina uh, women, it's much worse, the statistics in terms of their unemployment rates. And it just, it's something, as you said, we've been watching, we've been talking about. I don't know that we've talked about it on Satellite Sisters, um, but I, you know, I know you've been collecting articles, uh, news, uh, situation, news articles about this. I saw one in the Washington Post that was headlined, working moms are not okay. And this was at, from September 2020, but it's this idea that somehow, you know, during this pandemic, with virtual school, with, you know, working at home, that it could, that everybody's managing. And they're really not. Right. Um, you know, as of September, um, nearly 900,000 women have dropped out of the workforce compared to only 200,000 men. It's, the know, word it, I saw, which shocked me, I was, I've been following along at the Rand Institute. Their blog has been doing pieces on this. They said, women aren't dropping out, they're being shoved out. They're being huh. shoved out because the need for caregiving in the absence of in-person school and childcare is literally pushing women out of the workplace. And another headline that caught my eye was, uh, uh, other countries have social safety nets. The U.S. has women. Gee. I know, which, I mean, that's really sobering, right? You just, 
they they reached a point in August and September when they started to see women drop out of the workforce. Like they couldn't figure out how to make it all work with childcare expensive, childcare closing, the school's not going back to school. Somebody needs to get, you know, uh, take care of the kids, you know, if they're two to six and they're not in school yet and all the child's care is closed. Or what about all the caregiving women are doing on the other end with aging parents? Right. So, I know. I know. I mean, certainly. And then add to that sort of feelings of burnout, exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, so women, who can step back are stepping back. But, you know, just as you said, I'm sure others are being pushed out. Uh, women are leaving the workforce for, at a rate four, rate four times greater than men, you know, and that many economists feel that, or predict, not feel, that the workforce exodus will set women back a generation. All the gains that women have made in terms of um, being in you know, f different fields and industries, being at different levels of management and executives, that this crisis, the pandemic, has had, you know, had a, a, a really strong and negative impact on working women. You know, yeah, I, see, I, I know you know people. I see it in my own family. I see my daughter-in-laws, how, how hard they work. Um, to make to try to make this work, and uh, you know they have very supportive partners, and you know that. But but still, you know the, I think there's a greater burden on women. There always is, isn't there, Leanne? Right. I mean, I mean there always is in caregiving. Yeah. I mean, that's it. We have we've we've been talking about those statistics for 20 years on Satellite Sisters. That you know, all things being equal, women are still doing the lion's share of child care and caregiving and uh, at home. So. Uh, and it, Julie, some of it's just practical, like reading these first person stories lately, just in general, like if you're trying to figure out how are we going to get through a school year where there's no school, a couple may decide, well, who's making less? Like you're the one that's right. going to have to take the time off or step back or go to part time because we need my salary. And because of the real pay gap, like that is often the woman. <laughs> so right. Right. it's it's kind of a double whammy because they're already making less and now they're going to step away from jobs. And so that means they're going to have a you know spotty employment record. It's like a lifetime pay cut they're taking by stepping away to accommodate this now. It, it really breaks my heart. It, it, it breaks my heart because you know, people have worked hard for 40 years and companies I, right, to, hard for, for advancement, right. For advancement. I mean, some companies certainly have tried to make a great deal of accommodations uh, for working parents with flexible hours, but it's still, I mean, flexible hours, you still have to do the work. Right. And you're still, if you're right. doing childcare or elderly care, they're just not enough hours in the day, right. you know, and that I know we, you know, we began the in March and we thought, well, no one thought we would still be in this position in right. January, 2021. And I know just talking with my daughter-in-law, just it's even looking out on the future, you know, they know it's another, at least another six months to nine months of, you know, of sort of some temporary arrangement or sporadic Childcare, where you can't count on the schools being open or childcare centers open because of how the sort of the rolling impact of this pandemic. Yeah, and you know it, it's not easy for anyone to work at home. 
with no. kids, right? I, we have right. plenty of, we, we have ZipRecruiter who is on our show because we have plenty of bosses in the Satellite Sisterhood. <laughs> they, they signed on to our show because we know we have plenty of bosses and managers here. And I'm sure bosses and managers will attest that it is hard at this point to motivate male, female, uh, you know, any employee. But it, it is that extra whammy for women who have always been caught in this pay gap and caught caring for these kids. It's just exhausting. Yeah. And no easy solutions. No. You know, it's not, it's not as if, I mean, whatever psychic support that we can provide that doesn't help with the day-to-day, -day, you know, challenges that are out there. It's just a really tough slog. And it's, yeah, I saw one economist refer to this as a she session instead of huh. a recession. And that gave me, yes. that gave me pause. So yes, we are thinking about you and we are supporting you and we would love to hear what you're thinking. So I will post these links to some of the articles that we're referencing. We always post in the show notes. Usually Liz posts those. So I'll be trying to figure out how to post. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't know. You, you're out again. <laughs> Man down, man down. Uh, so, but, um, but we can certainly also post them on social media because I think a couple of these uh, our people would be very interested. Yeah, I, interesting yeah. to reading. Here, we'd love to hear your point of view on this, what your experience has been, how you're coping with this. Yep. Um, okay, to totally change subjects, though, one of the stories that delighted me over the Christmas break was this incredible, uh, the revelation of this incredible discovery at Pompeii. So Pompeii, of course, is the ancient site in Italy. Uh, it was covered by a, 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 a volcano in 79 AD, and it was an entire town, and it's resulted in just some extraordinary archaeology done there, but particularly over the last 20 years when uh, the folks in Italy decided, you know what, we got to really make Pompeii a priority because <laughs> we got to uncover some new stuff. And two years ago, my son and I had the opportunity to go to Pompeii, and it it, it is one of the few places that lived up to every single expectation I had and exceeded it. It's just I agree. unbelievable. I agree. You, you just, it's all there. You know, there's, you know, they, the volcano happened, but you can, that you can see the whole place and you just, it looks like it shouldn't be real, but it's real. That's right. the amazing <laughs> part about it. Right. Right. So they have really thrown a lot of money at uh, further archeology span and uncovering more and more homes and, offices and, you know, whatever you got going in Pompeii, they are really doing great archaeology. And so I've enjoyed over the last couple of years following Pompeii on social media and just seeing what's happening. So in December, when they announced that they had uncovered an ancient snack bar, the word is thermopylium, right? <laughs> and Say that again, Leon. What's the word? Thermopylium. Okay. Okay. So this is a place, I mean, it is like the corner deli. You pop in, you get some snail stew. Maybe you have a glass of wine, you get some grains, you know, you chit chat, you stand around and then you head home to your fantastic house in Pompeii. So there are 80 of them they know of in Pompeii already, but this one was the most complete and it was decorated with extraordinary paintings. I mean, stunning decorations. I just take a look at the Starbucks logo and then take a look at the pictures from the Thermopylium in Pompeii. All right. Because oh, do you think they copied it? You think it's the same? Uh -huh. I, I, it was, they were way ahead of their time, the art directors in Pompeii. Cause at one point there's a sea nymph riding a seahorse as the decoration for the snack shop. I mean, how great is that? 
So that's you great go. at any, any age, any time. You can just count on seahorses and sea nymphs to cheer you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's great paintings of roosters, of ducks that they're clearly cooking. There's a fantastic dog on a leash, and that's a pretty common theme in Pompeii. But the dog is on a leash, so that just made me laugh in 79 AD. <laughs> I mean, I thought leash laws were new, but no. No, dog on a leash. So, so, but, and they, they actually, they found in the vessels there, they found that um, they had residue of wine. They said when they opened the wine vessel, like it still smelled so strongly of wine, they could smell it through their masks that they were wearing. And like it was, and there's, there's, the vessels have like, uh, they, they did an analysis of one of the things and it was a, it was a stew made of snails and pork, you know? Mm. And then, so they actually know like what they were eating and how they- Is that because the volcanic ash, it was like freeze dried or something? Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. And then uh, one in one, they assume it was a grain barrel. The grain is gone, but you know what they found, Julie? A little free dries mouse, little mouse who had been eating the grain. (laughs) So, I mean- didn't get an A from the health department, this particular no, thermophilia. No, you know, they would definitely be um, rated down. But it's just absolutely fun to see. Like, it just, you know, we think we invented things or like things are new or things are fresh. No, no, people have been enjoying snacks and stopping in and eating street food for years. So take that, hipsters. You, d- you didn't invite it. You didn't invent street food. <laughs> Do they have those plastic shields over the different bins of foods, like the cough sne- uh, sh- uh, shield? Any of those prehistoric ones? Do they find with those? <laughs> and bad sushi? Did they find any plant? Did they find <laughs> any gross sushi? <laughs> so anyway, I, I will post uh, the photos if you haven't seen them. But just in general, if you want to take your mind off a few things or sort of you love ancient history, following the Pompeii site and social media, they are literally uncovering amazing new things every week. And then they plan on, say, opening up this Thermopylium to tourists by the spring. So like they're getting it ready so that you can go as you walk the streets of Pompeii and you walk into the houses and, and the other things they have there, the bakery that's there. It's extraordinary that you can walk it and you'll be able to pop into the snack shop. So looking forward to that. I, I'm going to go back. I would love to go back now that they've uncovered so much. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. All right. In another food-related story, um, I read a great piece on in the LA Times this week in the food section, and um, it reminded me of Cooking with Liz. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, of course, is our sister Liz Dolan and her sort of her own show that she has been doing during, during 2020, which is uh, learning to elevate her cooking, right? And right. she's done- uh, hundreds yes. of shows, as far as I can tell. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I was in the Cooking with Liz kitchen this week. So listeners oh, will be oh, interested. Very <laughs> exciting for thrill. you to be in a <laughs> celebrity kitchen, Liam. It really was. Ooh, I, I'm, I saw, I'm sorry we didn't see any Instagram shots of that. I saw I saw the Post-its uh, on the wall. I saw oh. the, be- the Betty. I saw the Betty Crocker spoon. The Spice um, Museum. Did you visit did. that? Okay. I, Good. Yes. See, I, I I won't go into it, but some of the spices there. Speaking of um, speaking of preserved in ash, I think some. <laughs> she she had some freeze dried 
the uh, spice. I don't know. I don't know what happened to the garlic salt. Um. Anyway, so uh, but but this is by the new food editor at the L.A. Times, and they've learned something interesting about writing recipes in this year in particular because they said they had so many first-time cooks reading the recipes and trying to cook during the pandemic and then sending feedback that, you know, recipe developers and food writers, they tend to write for people who know how to cook, right? Mm -hmm. They they assume you have some knowledge of folded in, you know, of like what folding in the cheese means. But this is what they learned this year, like not really. So it's not like they're going to go back to writing for people who have never been in a kitchen before, but they Uh realize there are certain things they have to explain and certain things they should do differently and certain things they should write differently. But so he, they had like eight rules, but a couple of the rules that I thought people would appreciate because they were all rules we discussed on cooking with Liz early on. (laughs) Many, many things Liz rejected and then, and then absorbed. First is to read the head notes. So the head notes in a recipe are just the the block of of text, couple of lines usually, Mm -hmm. uh, where the recipe developer will say something like, oh, this is a recipe that the ancient Pompeians used to love, and it really makes the most of, you know, your tomato and your basil crop or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, and they said, just read the head notes because the, the writer, the recipe developer wants you to know what's in those head notes. They're not long, they're short, and there's important information in there that will give you a context to your cooking. So mm-hmm. I just want to reiterate that. Okay. Background okay. information read, on the that's, recipe. That's always important. Yes. To get in the right frame of mind to cook the recipe. Okay. Do you remember, Julie, the controversy of cooking with Liz? Finely minced onions. Do you remember that? <laughs> You remember yes, that when yes. Liz's recipe for my like guaranteed delicious salmon dish, it called for finely minced onions and Liz like hit them with a knife a few times and then tossed like giant chunks of onions. I know. On I know. I and know. when I mentioned that, I got some pushback from people mm-hmm. like Leon's being too picky, but no, no, no. The recipe developer said, you know, when, when we, when we tell you, we want you to finely mince something, it's important. He literally used yes. and finely minced. Like right. it makes a difference, right? Makes a difference. No eyeballing, right? Right. If it does, if it doesn't matter how big your onions are, we'll just say chop the onions and toss them in the stew. Like if you're making a stock or something like that, it doesn't matter how big they are. But if something is indicated, like finely mince it, you should do that because it makes a difference. So that made me laugh. Like they're just they're gonna back off unnecessary directions, but they are going to reiterate necessary directions. Then there was a whole thing on salt uh, that like, boy, they had really broken down different kinds of kosher salts. I think that was a cooking with Liz controversy. Does it really matter what kind of salt you use? And and it does. It does people the very strong feelings about that. But then this was another thing, you know, how Liz loves her mise en place. I think she just likes saying mise en place, right? That's right. That's right. To get everything prepared. Which well, is a good, well, that's a good thing for cooks to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, one, it means you've read the whole recipe and two, it means so, and you get everything out so that you're good to go. Well, one of the things they never used to put in the, in the, in the listing of ingredients was water because to an experienced food writer, like, duh, you might need some water. And it's not, they always thought of the ingredient list as a shopping list. So if you're looking at it and go, oh, I need this, this, and this, but who has, who doesn't have water? So they wouldn't put it in the ingredients. And then if there was a part in the recipe where you're supposed to, you know, thin the sauce with a quarter cup of water, people were like, how come you didn't, how come you didn't write water? 
And they were like, okay, so they're going to add water into the ingredient list now. They're like, okay, we get it. Some people, they just want to know what's coming up. They want to get their mise en place in place. And then, so I thought that was interesting. And the last thing, the last line was, if you want to become a better cook, you have to read the recipe fully and follow the directions. <laughs> that, I mean, amen, sister. I mean, that is true. Whether you're a new cook or you're an experienced cook. But I most thought, cooking, most yeah. cooking d- disasters or uh, screw ups, I imagine is because we, you haven't read the, the recipe completely. Yes. Or, 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 you're, or you just it. make a poor substitution. But yes, the first yes. and foremost, you haven't read it. And yes. I, I, I just thought it was interesting, though, that these novice cooks are actually influencing these really experienced recipe developers. That was interesting. It's cooking with Liz. That's, it is. Uh, I think it's really Liz that they are responding to her. Okay, that's good. Well, Leanne, while you were reading um, the LA Times, I picked up a copy of Women's Health. Yeah, maybe you've seen it. Jessica Alba's on the cover. Oh, I have she's, seen that. Yes. She's wearing uh, white underpants as far as I can tell. <laughs> oh. I mean, really, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I picked it up. I guess because it's January and what am I waiting for? I thought I might be interested in some strength exercises, uh, but none of those look attractive to me, you know, about body goals, happy gut game plan. I, I don't care about any of that. But and I did see an article and it was, it's about relationships and it was Ooh. how to grow as a couple at any stage without compromising your dreams. Okay. Oh, okay. wow. All right. I don't even know if I have dreams after right. 2020, <laughs> but perhaps so, but I'm all in on this article. Then I read the first line of this article by Alexis Jones and it's a, you know, it's about relationships. First line in is, I am not a relationship expert. I was like, oh, good. This is going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> so she has some insights, Leanne, about how, you know, sort of how you can be in a relationship and still be an individual. I think that I think that's what she was trying to get at. So first one is that objectives tend to merge in uh, long-term unions. So I I was thinking about objectives that I have with my husband, and one is we try not to annoy each other. I mean, that (laughs) is an objective. How about you? Do you have have any objectives that have merged in your long-term relationship? Yeah, we try to be nicer to each other. Okay. So it's sort of the, yeah, it's the more positive spin on don't annoy each other. Yeah, (laughs) Let's, let's try to be kinder. See, that was one of our goals for 2020. Okay, let's be see, kinder is, to each other. This is it. This is what it's all about, Leanne. You're We're doing the mind meld, as, okay. as, uh, as Alexis Jones says. Second, second sort of insight um, with, with relationships that can really bring it to the next level uh, is they say you should take up um, a hobby together. Okay. So I don't know what it is about the word hobby, Leanne. I yeah. see that and I think... Like, is my husband going to start playing Mahjong with me? Is that, that's not going to work out at all. That's going to be terrible. You do it. I mean, we do things together. We do a lot of things together. We have shared interests, but hobbies. How about you, Leanne? Yeah. I mean, I wish, I wish he would take up a hobby, but not with me. I mean, (laughs) so I could get some of my own hobbies in. But I mean, we walk the dog together. That's Okay. That's, that's your hobby. Is there a club for that? Is that, you know, is that, that sounds good. Okay. All right. How about this one? 
um, carve out alone time. Okay. Yes, indeed. Okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, and how about this one, which is just made me laugh. Don't rely on your partner to be your source of entertainment. Okay. <laughs> I mean, 2020, we've been <laughs> staring at each other and we are our only source of entertainment. I was thinking, like, my husband is usually asleep on the couch by, like, 7.45, you know, because he's been working really long days. So, so you are no, not, you are not, not counting on him for your no. own source of entertainment. No. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. Good, mm, this yeah. is, again, I think in the effort to establish, it is important to have your own time to establish yes. your me time. Alexis suggests that you have some me time to allow your mind to wander, to embrace new challenges. <laughs> wow, that it's hard to write a sentence that's vaguer than that. But she did it. I mean, <laughs> what is that? Ooh, My mind's going blank, Leon. I don't I want don't any know. new challenges. I, I just know. nope, nope. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. How about this? Now, this can really help your relationship. Alone, but together activities. Um, oh, yes. Okay. So that's, you know, reading books you, together. Do you do that? No, he's asleep. <laughs> he's how, asleep. About, how about staring at your phones? Yes, that, that's, that's one activity I do alone, but together. I thought that was a good one. You gotta, do you have an activity? Well, we, we work out in the garden a lot, but his, my gardening and his gardening are separate activities. He's, okay. He enjoys chopping and removal, where I enjoy nurturing and planting. So that's what I would say. So yeah. So we're out there in the yard together, but we have very different. different okay, jobs. that's good, Leanne. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And finally, um, Alexis suggests don't avoid disputes. Now she writes this as if like she has never had a dispute in, in her relationship, and. I, I'm pretty certain, Alexis, you're going to have some disputes coming up if you're in a long-term relationship. And she's saying it's healthy. It's healthy to, you know, to voice your differences, uh, that you shouldn't bury it, you shouldn't have resentments and grudges, and this is really going to help your relationship. Yeah, I, I don't know what that seems like. A, it seems like she's 22 writing that. Like, I so, think so. yes. I mean, well, she you and I are can... like decades into our marriage. So. She said we should try to think about our single life and I was like <laughs> I don't think I had a single life I don't I don't remember being single no I don't know I don't I'm with know. you I'm with okay you. <laughs> anyway but it's all there so if you do not want to do any of the strength cardio or abs that are recommended by <laughs> Jessica Alba in this month's women's health please check out um, this mind meld uh, <laughs> relationship guide for you. Some great insights, Liam. Really some great tips. Thank you. Thank okay. you. All right. Stay with us. Um, again, Julie's going to blow your mind with something she tried this <laughs> week. And we have some entertaining sisters recommendations. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you know, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. 
That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Whew, Jewel. All right. What's uh, happening? What's well, well how, Leanne, how are you making your, your motto come to life? All right. Let's just review my motto one more time. What are you waiting for? Okay. okay. That's, that's my motto. And one of the things that I had been looking at, but I had never tried was Pickleball, Lynn. Pickleball. Okay. What are you waiting for? Okay. Wait till you hear Lynn. Okay. (laughs) So I went to a pickleball clinic this weekend and I have a couple of observations, uh, learnings about pickleball. Mm -hmm. First of all, pickleball players are the nicest people in the entire world. And I'll tell you why. Because I tried to play pickleball and you know, I'm a middling tennis player. And with pickleball, it's kind of like you get a, like a, it looks like a, uh, you get a small racket and you play on a smaller tennis court. But I was trying to hit the ball like a tennis racket. So I was whiffing at this ball, and I was so bad. Oh yeah, okay. right. I, because the, the difference in the length of a tennis racket versus the paddle I was holding. But I was playing with these women and they just kept encouraging me. And I was just absolutely terrible. And at the end of the game, they're like, <laughs> hey, would you like to join our pickleball team? I mean, I'm telling you, Leanne, the nicest people ever. So if you're thinking about trying this game, Go right out and try it because people people love it and they're nice to it. Second thing I, I, I like about um, uh, pickleball is they have a section of the court, Leon, up by the net that they refer to as the kitchen and that you're not allowed to step in the kitchen. And throughout the, uh, the game, people are yelling at you. Well, maybe your partner is yelling at you or the coach was yelling at me, like, don't step in the kitchen. Don't step in the kitchen, which just made me laugh every single time I did that, because I think that's the reason I do sports is to get out of the kitchen. And so no stepping in the kitchen. Okay. It's they're quick games, Leanne, which is good. You can play a game in 15 minutes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so it's not like golf, you know, it really, it's affordable, it doesn't cost much, okay, it, it's over fast, and, and apparently you'd get better at this, I've, <laughs> I, and all kinds of ages, Leanne, I mean, I think initially people thought, oh, this is just for the people who live at the villages in Florida, right. no, no, it's all kinds of demographics, all kinds of teams, fastest growing sport you've never heard of, 650% increase in the numbers in six years. And if that's not enough, Leanne, they have a restaurant in Kansas City. And I know we have listeners in Kansas City. 
It's called chicken and pickle. Okay. You gotta love that. Okay. Wow. Okay. And it's a pickleball themed restaurant and courts. So you can go play pickleball and eat chicken. Okay. They have one in Kansas City, Wichita, and this coming to San Antonio. But I don't know when because of COVID, but I did it. I think you could like it. You would you could do it, Leanne. You should try pickleball. Is it hard on your shoulder? That's my problem. I had to give up tennis because no, no, it's a little paddle. You don't move. You just you don't move. You that's you don't (laughs) swing. That's apparently what I was doing wrong. But my teammates don't care that I that I was swinging wildly (laughs) at the ball. They still may want me on the team, Leanne. Is the ball soft? It's like a wiffle ball. It's like a wiffle ball. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know I've been hearing about it and I'm sure I've walked past pickleball courts, but I haven't paid a lot of attention. It's an out, again, it's an outdoor sport. So that's good for now. You, you can Would this qualify as a hobby my husband and I could take up together? <laughs> yes, Leah. Okay. I want to report on that. Okay. But I'm sure there's a pickleball clinic near you and, uh, and go out and give it a try. That's what I well, said. Well, you know, we have a lot of fans in the Satellite Sisterhood. They love it. So, uh, and they all seem like nice people. All right, Julie, really living living your motto. I appreciate that. I appreciate what, that. Okay, that's, that's what I did. Okay, today on Entertaining Sisters, we have a couple of recommendations. Julie, I know you enjoyed Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I would like to add my voice to the chorus of people praising this very charming uh, inexplicably delightful TV show uh, starring Jason Sudeikis, who also created it. Um, it. It's just charming. It's the story of, you know, an American coach. He's a football coach, D2, and he's hired by a British foot, Premier League football club to coach the team, even though he doesn't know anything about soccer. And yes, is it a little bit like Major League, that movie from a million years ago? Yes, it is. But it doesn't matter because it's absolutely delightful and uh, some fantastic, fun, interesting female characters, a lot of female writers on the staff, I noticed, and female directors. Oh, I didn't know that. It just wins you over with its charm, doesn't it? Yeah, you think you're not going to like it. And I know I've recommended this to other women, and they're like, well, I'm not really interested in a series about a soccer team, you know, but it is so not about the soccer team, right. even though it is about the soccer team. It is, it just wins each episode is even more charming and you just love all the characters um, in the story, you know? Yeah. And you're right, Leanna, the female characters are very interesting. You know, they, uh, they're well-drawn and uh, they, you know, they have, you know, they have sort of a, a, a um, really interesting angles to them. So I, I really enjoyed it. Now, I'm sure if you're British, you might cringe a little because d- does, yes, I mean, there's some pretty obvious jokes about tea and things like So I, this may be not for you if you're British, but if you're American, it's fun and you don't, it helps to know a little bit about soccer, but you don't have to know anything about soccer uh, to enjoy the show. So I really liked it. Yeah. I binged, I binged that while I was on my nursing duties um, because I never slept. So it's good to watch in the middle of the night. I can attest to that. All right. What do you got on your list, Joel? I have some delightful listening recommendation, a recommendation for you. Um, there's a new Ooh, album. Music. Uh, oh, music. How oh, about that? The you? name of it is Greenfields colon the Gibb Brothers Songbook Volume 1 which in my humble opinion is not a great title, but it is a great album because it is all of the BG BG music 
Yeah. Uh, so it is Barry Gibb with country music stars, such as Dolly Parton, Miranda Lambert, Keith Urban, Little Big Town, Alison Krauss. They're all on this album. Okay. And it includes How Deep Is Your Love? Oh, come on. I love that song. Jive Talking. So it is just such a, a you know, a great combination of the, you know, the Bee Gees were fantastic. They are fantastic. Their music was fantastic. Um, and it seems, I don't know why, it seems to resonate right now. It's very easy to listen to. And then to have all those fantastic, beautiful country western um, voices uh, do their songs. It's just a, a delightful listen. So I highly recommend it. Oh, that looks good. I'm looking at the album right now on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. great. Well, I mean, they're having a moment. There's, there's a new documentary on HBO about the Bee Gees too that people say is fantastic. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But yeah, they're fantastic songwriters and a, an interesting story. And sad that there's only one Gib brother left. I, so. I know, I know. But yeah. they were giant country Western fans. In fact, Barry Gibb bought Johnny Cash's house. Did you know that? And he was planning to move to Nashville. So they've always had this Nashville connection Huh. Um, and you know, their music, some of their harmonies, you know, uh, you know, are, were inspired by like the Everly brothers and things like that. Um, but obviously done in a much more, uh, BG way, but this, it just works as a great combination with the BG songs sung by contemporary, uh, country Western stars. So it's good. Okay. <laughs> Julie, bring in a music review. I, I mean, I like that's, it. I don't think I've done one of those in a while. So I'm just very enthusiastic about it, Leanne. It's very delightful listening. All right. Uh, well, that is it for today. Uh, again, thanks to everybody. We're we're getting through this, and it's going to be great over the next couple of months. We have books and guests and things like that. Um, but we appreciate appreciate your patience and and support as we move forward. We would like to thank Serge Enriquez for being here and engineering our show. Thank you. A big thanks to our advertisers, particularly our new advertisers. Um, we just are really grateful for our sponsors. It makes it possible for us to do the show. That's not an overstatement. Mm -hmm. There's no other way we could do it without their support. And thanks to the wonderful team at Wondery who helps us uh, with our advertising. We appreciate that. Um, all right. What's on our to-do list? Well, for me, Jewel, uh, next up is Operation Hooper. Okay. Um, you cool. know... <laughs> Liz has That's a dog. Liz's dog. Yes. Has a dog. Uh, walking the dog is not really going to be in the cards for a while. So she's made the decision that the best place for Hooper to be would be in Bend, Oregon with our brother. So we are, um, we're doing the first leg of driving Hooper to Bend, Oregon. This, this That's always what he wanted. He wanted to go back. Yes. So, um, you know, just, uh, just to give Hooper a happy and safe place to be while Liz recuperates and recovers is important. So that's it. I mean, Hooper, um, all I can say is when I said to Liz, where is his crate? She said, oh, he doesn't have a crate. So, uh, <laughs> okay. okay, I'll be good. He'll be in your lap as you're driving. That will be nice. That will be very nice. We have a dog gate in the car, uh, in the back of the car, because as my husband says, we don't want a hundred pound German shepherd, shepherd projectile killing us if we get rear-ended when the dog's in the car. And so we're just going to put Hooper back there. I'm sure he'll enjoy it yes, on his 1100 mile trek to Bend, Oregon. I'm sure you'll make it nice and cozy uh, for him. It'll so. be great. She yes. said it's very good in the car. So. He's a good traveler. Yeah. So that's our job this weekend. We're doing okay. that. What about you? 
My to-do list is to uh, encourage everyone to send good vibes to Liz via Facebook, okay? Uh, no medical advice, no food, <laughs> no flowers, no cards, just right. via Facebook, send, it, send her a nice note, a funny meme, some jokes, whatever you got, pictures, pictures of your dog, your cat, even your cat, please send pictures of cats to Liz. Yes. Right. Our Facebook group, you can just search it. It's called the Satellite Sisters. Uh, you do have to answer a couple of questions and that just lets us know that you listen to the show. It helps us keep um, the group simpatico there. So we appreciate that. All right. Great show, Jewel. Thanks for being here this week with me. I appreciate it. Keep up with the pickleball. Okay. Okay, Lynn, try it. Uh, you and your and you in your your relationship there. A new okay. hobby. Okay. <laughs> Bye, sister. Okay. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>